Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw and welcome back to Vibe. Today we are talking about a subject that strikes a little bit of fear into women. We're talking about breast cancer today, but we have a really hopeful, exciting message from not only a survivor, but a practitioner. Dr. V, she goes by online, is Dr. Veronique Desaunier, and she's the founder of Breast Cancer Conqueror, and she's created a system to help prevent breast cancer and also you know, it's help for people who have been diagnosed. The numbers are skyrocketing, and she's got a process that has empowered thousands of women all over 39 countries, I believe. She's been featured on The Truth About Cancer. I know a lot of my audience has gone through that docuseries. We send people to it all the time. Uh, She speaks on a lot of live stages. Uh, She's an author for Mind Body Green and a lot of other big sites out there. And I'm really excited to have her talk to us because the way standard of care sees breast cancer is different than what you're going to hear here. So anyways, welcome, Dr. V. Thanks so much, Robin. I'm so excited to share my message of hope with your audience and very grateful as well. Well, you are a perfect fit for what we talk about here, because I know that you're really passionate about energy medicine and trained in it. You're a bioenergetic chiropractor uh, by profession, but you aren't just a practitioner and researcher. You are also a breast cancer survivor. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yes. And I I like to use the word conqueror instead of survivor, because to me, when people think about surviving, that means they just, you know, barely survived and barely got through it. And and a conqueror, which is why I use breast cancer conqueror, um, is somebody who's really taken the the dragon by the tail, so to speak, and has taken responsibility for their health and they, they make informed decisions about their health. So, you know, my story started, you know, we can go way back 1983, my, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and it was horrible. I mean, he, he was given no hope. He was sent home to die. They gave him six weeks to live, which, you know, that's what he did, died in six weeks. And, you know, at that time I would, I'd been in practice for about three years and I knew in my heart of hearts, there was something that could have been done for him, but you know, there was, they gave him no hope. So I went to the library, no internet back then, started looking through books, researching, called a few cancer clinics, which were few and far between back then, and and came to realize that there were so many things that could have been done for him, but if, unfortunately for him, it was too late. So that, that really lit a fire in my belly. And I took that information and started applying some of these principles and started using energy medicine and supplementation and nutrition and, you know, all these things and, and was seeing amazing results in my in my practice. Practice. I mean, people were literally coming from all over North America and we were seeing amazing results. Not not me, but they were doing the work. And fast forward 25 years, I'm in the shower getting ready for work and doing a self-breast exam and then bam, you know, felt that lump in my left breast that changed the course of my life, you know, personally and professionally going forward. How old were you? Because um, you know what? People ask me that. I never, it, I must have a mental block about that. It was 2004. Um, so it was quite a while ago through 2006. I was in my mid forties and, you know, here I was, you know, Dr. V helping all these people. And, uh, I was facing a diagnosis, you know, this, this 
lump in my left breast and I couldn't understand it because I'd been eating organic before organic was in style. I was doing wheatgrass shots. I mean, my kids grew up on that, um, you know, colonics, exercise, chiropractic, everything, you know, I was doing it. And yet here I was faced with it, with, with that, you know, that diagnosis of breast cancer. So it was a very trying time. Like any woman who faces that diagnosis, you go into shock, you get angry, there's shame, there's fear, there's doubt. But I knew with all the information that I've had and all, all the miracles that I saw in my practice for 25 years, I knew that I, I my body had the ability to heal and that there was going to be specific protocols that I would follow. You know, I don't know if you've encountered this, but since, you know, I was telling you that I went to 19 clinics all over the world and I studied with some of the most famous and some that just really have really great or doing great work out there that aren't as famous practitioners who are treating cancer holistically. In in Europe, they call it biological medicine. In the US, starting to organize around the term functional medicine. And, and you know what a lot of them said is that we probably form a, a actual detectable cancer. Like if you actually were to go get some scans done, Mm -hmm. uh, including like a mastectomy or whatever, you probably have detectable cancer four times in your lifetime that your body actually metabolizes on its own. And I always think about that when someone like you, because those of us who are really earthy, crunchy and doing a lot of things right, when we hear about someone who's doing so many things right, like you who got breast cancer, it's like, oh my gosh, we're all screwed. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's actually true because do you, do you feel like, what do you have to say about that? Because for all the people who are doing a lot of things right and making a lot of sacrifices and saying no to the junk food and, you know, drinking a bunch of alcohol and smoking and they're exercising every day and they're, you know, you were even doing wheatgrass shots. That's pretty hardcore. What, what I, my guess is that your body was actually primed pretty well to metabolize it and probably possibly would have anyway. What do you think about that? What do you have to say to people who are doing a lot of things right? Like you were, and you, you still got a diagnosis. What do you, why do you, yeah, what do you I, think? I totally agree. Uh, you know, I, I, totally agree that we create hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of cancer cells in our body every day. But it's when the 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 pendulum shifts or the scales shift because you're, you know, you're stressed out or there's, you know, some sort of trauma in your life, whether it's financial relationship, you know, physical, whatever, um, you know, you're not really taking care of yourself spiritually, you're off balance. And so that affects your immune system. And then your immune system is not equipped to handle the growth of the cancer. And, and if you're exposing yourself to a lot of, uh, unhealthy foods and, you know, all those things can add up to it, you know, at the time, I didn't really understand cancer the way I understand it now. And, you know, my mission is to teach women that they never have to fear breast cancer again or any cancer for that matter, because it's all the same root cause. And it is reversible because you had a hand in creating it. You have you you have a lot of power and you have a a big uh, opportunity to to reverse it as well. So, you know, We've had Chris work on our show a couple of times and he's a close friend of mine. And I know you and he are also good friends. Um, Mm -hmm. I see some similarities here in the approaches that you take because you have this seven essential system. And I think women would be smart to get on this, you know, well before there's even any diagnosis, but most of them are going to, of course, get very highly motivated when there is a diagnosis. And you, you take people through seven essentials. You have a seven essentials system. Do you want to talk a little bit about what those seven things are that, that any, any breast cancer patient needs to look at? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and how, how the seven essentials system came about was through my own personal healing journey, because, you know, at the time, even though I knew what I knew, I was frustrated. I was overwhelmed. I was taking little bits and pieces from here and there. And I felt if I was this frustrated and overwhelmed, how much more so would the average person, you know, who's faced with the diagnosis be? And so I said, there's got to be a simpler way. You know, I've got to create a system, a step-by-step process where people can go step one, check, step two, check. And it's, and it, it gives you, it empowers you because it gives you the knowledge that you need. So essential number one is let food be your medicine. And, and, you know, we can talk an hour on that easily. Um, but your audience is very familiar with with food as medicine. And and we now know, especially with epigenetics and nutrigenomics, how our food can turn on genes, turn off genes and affect our health in a very profound way. Essential number two is to reduce your toxic exposure. We can't live in a bubble. We're exposed to toxins all the time, but you know there are ways to minimize that and ways to detoxify that from your body. Essential number three is to balance your energy. You know we are electrical, energetic beings. We're, we're only one billionth physical matter. The rest is all energy. So how do we balance that energy? You know through chiropractic care, through acupuncture, exercise, hormone balancing, proper sleep. You know all these things will keep our energy in balance. Number four is the big one. That's healing our emotional wounds. And this is where a lot of uh, women get stuck. And that's where I got stuck. That's why I really focus on it a lot because the the childhood wounds that aren't addressed, the stressors in your life that you don't deal with, all those things will, will create um, proteins that will, neuropeptides that will affect your immune system in a very negative way. So you've got to, you know, recreate those subconscious patterns that have brought you to that point. Number five is biological dentistry is to really, you know, look at what's in your mouth. I mean, there is a connection between oral health and, and your physical health. So whether it's the amalgams or the root canals, uh, the, the bacteria, the periodontal issues, all those things will affect your health long term. Number six are therapeutic plants and herbs that specifically target cancer cells. We know, and, and I'm a real stickler when it comes to this, this is not just new age fluff, but it's it's hardcore science, published studies that show us that there are specific supplements that can literally cause cancer cell death and boost your immune system at the same time. And uh, lastly, number seven is keeping a pulse on your health. You know, very early detection through uh, thermography, through specific blood tests that can detect cancer when it's, you know, very, very minimal before it's a lump or a bump that, you know, people freak out about. So you would, would you ever get a mammogram or do you trust thermography? I've never had a mammogram. And um, with what I know now, and, you know, with the, for example, there was a 25 year Canadian study done on, on over 90,000 women, 25 years. And it was proven that mammograms did not reduce breast cancer mortality rate, not even by 1%. And it was found to be just as effective as a self breast exam. So that being said, um, thermography is is just another window. It's another picture. It's not the only thing because the thermography is only 97% um, positive. You know, sometimes there's that 3% window. So then there are other things that you can do. There's the ultrasound. There's also blood tests that you can do that will measure uh, the presence of certain proteins that cancer cells secrete that healthy cells don't. So if you find that protein in your blood, then more than likely you've got a certain amount of circulating tumor cells going on or a tumor developing in your body. 
Okay. So you heard it. Dr. V, who actually had breast cancer at one point, would not get mammography. I am turning 51 this week and I will not be doing any mammography ever either. I have had thermography done and it's painless and it doesn't radiate your breasts and it doesn't smash them flat like a pancake either. Um, (laughs) right. I mean, I mean, it makes no sense to me that we are doing mammography that, that causes carcinogenic. Well, it's, it's a, it's going to cause cancer over time. It's, it's radiating the cells of your breast. And so, you know, uh, you'll have to get pipe in here with what you think the reason is that we still do mammography, but I believe it's because it's a multi-billion dollar a year industry and all these clinics have invested heavily in mammography technology and they're not going to just throw those out the window because evidence says that it's actually a pretty terrible idea and not helping us. What do you think? Oh, totally, totally on board with you there, Robin. Uh, it's it's a multi-billion dollar business and invented by a man, of course. You know, I'd like to do a mammogram on his private parts to see how he feels about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, you have to look at, at the world picture. You know, you look at, at Europe and other countries. They, they've they proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that low, uh, you know, low dose radiation over a period of time will create cancer. And so all all these over diagnoses of you know through mammography and and the false positives that cause so much trauma and so much pain and and poking and prodding and you know it's just there's an easier way that's less traumatic but unfortunately it's you know the it's the industry that's trolling for um, potential subjects to get them on that conveyor belt to get them to do what they do. Yeah, I did a blog post a few years ago. I was in I was in Manhattan. I think I was there to do a lecture and I was probably 10 blocks from Central Park. So I went for a run every morning. And one morning I ran into Central Park and it was the pink ribbon campaign, the breast cancer campaign or whatever. And it was so tragic to me because everybody, um, everybody running or walking in this parade, you know, there's literally thousands of women there were, were mostly women of color. They were wearing T-shirts. They were carrying signs. They were honoring their lost sisters, daughters, mothers mm-hmm. with their signs, whether they they were still with us or not. And there were um, the vans that take uh, the radiation, the radiograms, the mammography machines into the inner city wow. and radiate these you know, people in the inner city so they can drum up some business. Like, let's get really clear about what's actually happening there. They're actually drumming up business. And what's so crazy is that the cancer industry, the oncology industry takes credit for breast cancer, that um, outcomes are better. And it's one of the few parts in cancer that since Nixon declared war on cancer, that we actually even have any gains to talk about. But you know, the the folks like Dr. V are probably going to point out to us, and you can add to this, Veronique, is that you know, we started detecting breast cancers at stage zero and stage one. And like I said, if there's a lot of evidence that we literally form detectable cancers, an average of four times in a lifetime, and our body metabolizes it because our body was metabolizing cancer all the way till it wasn't all the way until the cancer got the upper hand, then are we radiating and doing chemo on and even disfiguring women who had a stage zero and stage one cancer? What do you have to say about that? Oh, it's it it brings tears to my eyes. I mean, I can't tell you the number of women who come to us in a panic 
um, you know, they've been told that they have a stage zero, but they've had all these biopsies, lumpectomies, uh, they're, you know, they're recommending chemo and radiation. And it's, it's, it's just so sad because they are being used and they're not being told the truth about these, you know, tiny little specks that they may find in, in the cancer in the breast. And it's all fear-based because what's the first thing we think of when we think of a cancer diagnosis, right? We've been trained to think that it's a slow, torturous uh, event that's going to end in our death. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, cancer is a wake up call. Cancer is a, you know, your body's been whispering to you for many, many years and now it's got your attention. So it's time to listen. How many years has a cancer been growing on average by the time it's diagnosed? Five to 10 years. It takes that long. Yeah. It takes for them to see a, a tumor on a mammogram. It takes five to 10 years. Uh, and that's according to the American Cancer Society, which interestingly, I can't find that quote anywhere on their website anymore. But, um, you know, it takes that long to for a tumor to show up on a mammogram. So if you do other testing, like thermography, for example, um, it can help to determine if there's something the size of a, you know, a needle, you know, the tip of a needle or a pencil that little because you're going to see all the inf- inflammation or the blood flow that's feeding these unhealthy cells. So it's um it's an interesting time we're living in for sure. So yeah, make some inferences from that. If it takes 5 to 10 years for cancer to organize itself enough, you know, if we're making 50 to 100,000 cancer cells a day and our body is metabolizing them and breaking them down, killing them, breaking them down, sending them on out of there, but over the course of 5 to 10 years, a cancer when in the right conditions, when we're feeding our body's crappy food, and we're not getting enough sleep and we're drinking lots of alcohol or doing any of those other things that we know we know cause cancer. If it takes that long for the cancer to organize itself to where it has a vascular system and it's detectable, what does that mean then for these women who go in and they're told they have a stage zero or stage one uh, or a, a ductal carcinoma in C2, you know, very discreet in, in one location, cancer. What does it mean then for how big of a rush they really need to be in to make a potentially life-changing decision about their treatment? You know, that's such a good point. And whether you're told it's a stage one, two, three, or four, personally, I try not to pay attention to those because it's it puts you in a category and right away, the higher the number, the more the fear. But what we we tell our clients all the time is, Number one, you have time. You don't need to panic. A a breast tumor is not a life-threatening situation like a heart attack where you need immediate crisis care. So you have time to make an informed decision, to do your research, to, you know, talk to your doctor. We have, I know Chris Wark has this, he has a list of questions. We also have a list of questions on our website about, you know, ask these questions and and make an informed decision. Do your research. What are the side effects of radiation and, and the chemotherapy that they want to recommend? And are you willing to take that risk? And, you know, look at you know, t- take an honest look at your life because I think innately people know 
what what caused the cancer? Why why they are where they are? Because you, we ask that question and they say, oh, I know I've just been so stressed out or I'm so unhappy or we had financial problems or I'm getting a divorce or I lost my child in death or, you know, whatever. There's usually a life, um, you know, life changing experience that puts their body into trauma or they're, you know, they're not taking good care of themselves and they, they kind of innately know. So if you know that, then take responsibility for your health and and turn things around and and there's really there's no excuse now i mean with all the information out there now with chris's program the truth about cancer you know our work everything there's so much information that people you know you can't put your head in the sand you you know you either make a decision that's going to help improve your health or you're going to make a decision that's going to take you possibly down the the wrong road because cancer is just a symptom it's not the cause Yeah. And a few things are coming to mind. One is I'm trying to think what the name is of the German doctor and researcher who was diagnosed with cancer himself, but he did some research that almost everyone diagnosed with cancer has had extreme trauma in the Mm -hmm. years leading up to it. Yeah. New German medicine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, starts with an R, Reiner or Rein. No, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. <laughs> just been so many years since I um, sort of dived into his work, but mm-hmm. and also evidence that women who are stuffers get mm-hmm. get cancer more, great breast cancer more often. You have anything to say yep. about that? Oh, I was I won the prize for the number one stuffer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, um, and that was a big wake up call for me because I had to really finally take a look at, um, you know, the childhood trauma, the alcoholic family that I grew up in. Um, you know, I, I did some therapy and, and I had one of those, um, subconscious repressions that I had no idea that I was sexually abused from the age of three to five by convicted pedophile. And we're talking like 1950s. Okay. He was our next door neighbor and the police went door to door um, warning the the neighborhood that he was a convicted pedophile. Um, But, you know, so when I when I discovered this, when this memory, you know, shot up on my on my mind and my screen and I could see everything, I called my mom and she was shocked. She was like, you know, how could you how could you remember that? You're only three to five years old. And I asked my sisters and like everybody knew, but nobody ever told me about it. So. Yeah, you just, you know, you have to face those conscious and subconscious demons um, because you will not heal your body if you're, you're, you've got all this, you know, monkey chatter in your brain and you're, you know, you're not feeling good about yourself and your life. Yeah, it is. Uh, cancer is, for all the bad things that it is, it's, it's an amazing wake up call. And I've seen so many people um, turn their whole lives around and end up on the other side of it, a remarkable person like you are, like Chris work is. I mean, you're both, a, you're both inspirations to me. I mean, you are absolutely gorgeous. You're walking the talk. You look like you live what you preach here. And, and I think Thank you. you're, you're an exciting example of that, you know, breast cancer diagnosis isn't anywhere close to any kind of a prison sentence. And so many people recover from it. I I'm curious. We, I, should have asked you this when we were talking about your story. I should have dug a little deeper, but did you choose to participate in all the standard of care 
uh, recommendations for you? Did you go into the oncologist's office? I'm talking to someone right now who has just been diagnosed yesterday with colon cancer and she's one of our detoxers. And, and I said, okay, let's start right now. Let's have a conversation about, you know, that when you go in there, you can put a limit on the doctor for what he can talk to you about. Did you, did you go in there and say, I, this is what I do and don't want from you as you talk to me, because I don't want to get in the fear machine. Uh, what you, what did you do and what did you participate and not participate in? And then, and then what'd you do in your holistic journey? Well, I, um, I did not use traditional medicine at all. Uh, I had a friend, a medical doctor in Florida, who lost his medical license because he was healing or, you know, treating people with, with cancer naturally. And so they pulled his license. So he was my closest ally when it comes to, you know, medicine, but he was not traditional medicine. I used bioenergetic testing to, you know, keep a pulse on what was happening with the tumor. I used thermography. I, I did bioenergetic testing, as I mentioned. And, um, and I also uh, used some black salve, which I do not recommend to your listeners. Um, you know, I was experimenting. I'd seen some of my patients use it on, on some of their tumors and it was pretty fascinating to me. So I thought, well, I'll just try it. And I slapped some on there and uh, I excreted a, a tumor the size of a golf ball, but it was the most excruciating experience of my life. And, you know, would not would not recommend it to anybody. There's other things that you can use now that are less traumatic. Um, I did a lot of juicing. I did high dose uh, proteolytic enzymes, a lot of homeopathy, a lot of, uh, you know, tinctures, colonics, uh, rest. Um, You know, I just I did a lot of things. I was very fortunate that I had an associate in my practice. I was able to take some time off. And, you know, I just I I just hunkered down and I took care of me because I had, you know, I was giving all the time. I'd been in practice for 25 years and I was taking care of everybody else, which is another typical cancer profile, uh, personality profile, you know, you're always giving, 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 and, and you're not replenishing the bucket. You put others first before yourself. And so I, I started reversing that slowly but surely. And, um, you know, it was it was a slow journey. It took me a couple of years, but just recently had another ultrasound, another th- thermogram, you know, a few months ago, and everything is clear and clean and uh, my breasts are cool and happy. <laughs> Yeah, it's when it's when you see those hot spots in there that you might yeah. be seeing a very very early stage potential cancer and um the good thing is you see it years earlier in thermogram that you than you would in in mammography. You're seeing those those spots of high inflammation. Right. Well, that's that's really inspiring. You didn't even do the biopsy or the the no mastectomy, nothing. Nothing, nothing, just uh, just that. And, you know, people ask me, well, what stage was it? What kind was it? And it, it didn't, you know, that wasn't important to me. I just knew that I had this lump and I knew that it was testing positive as, as you know, carcinoma and um, I had to I had to deal with it. So totally side topic here, but bras, talk about bras mm-hmm. and breast cancer. Oh, yeah. So if you wear wire bras, uh, you're causing a lot of lymphatic congestion. You're actually attracting a lot of EMFs to that area of your body. So don't wear wire bras. Uh, there's and again, you know, there's so many different uh, bras out there now that are are cotton and are elastic and are you know very comfortable to wear. Um, never put your cell phone 
in your bra as a cell phone carrier. There's lots of pictures that show women who've, you know, have done that for years and they get tumors in the shape of their their cell phone because cell phones emit, you know, non-ionizing radiation and radiation causes cancer. So, and you know a lot about that with your EMF program. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because when I started to really go out there talking about EMF, I've, I've said multiple times, you know, there are case studies, you know, nobody's doing a big study about this, but there are documented cases of tumors in the breast showing up in the exact place that she stuck it in her bra for years to go shopping or go for a jog or whatever it was. And, and also on the brain, there's also, you know, now cell phone shaped uh, tumors on the brain showing up exactly where somebody's held a cell phone to their head as they did business or whatever. And mm-hmm. I remember when I, when I first started talking about that, my staff was like, don't, don't tell people that you sound like a lunatic. And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it's-, <laughs> it's true. I've been preaching it for over 10 years myself. So I know I totally get it. Yeah. The first, the first time you hear it, it sounds completely like lunacy, but it's, you know, you see the pictures and the pictures don't lie. Um, and you know, a lot of other things about cancer absolutely shock people. And these are a lot of great little tips that were dripping in here. Uh, one of them is, I think this is important that any cancer patient should know. And I hope that people who listen to this will share this episode with Dr. V with anyone they know facing breast cancer And that is that we think that our medical doctors make their money on office visit and providing care. And we think that they don't actually get a cut of the drug they prescribe us. Is that always true, Veronique? Oh, no, it's interesting, especially in oncology. Um, Oncologists get a percentage of the chemotherapies that they prescribe. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a, an incentive there for doctors to prescribe the drugs and the chemotherapies, which is really quite sad, actually. Yeah, it really seems to me like that's beyond unethical. And I think that the medical system needs some reform because there shouldn't be a built in financial incentive to be prescribing specific drugs. I think that's an, uh, an, an, an absolute tragedy and that we should, you know, rise up against yeah. that whole practice. So if, if someone has breast cancer, I want to just run through a few technical things. Talk a little bit about the Oncoblot blood test. Okay. So the Oncoblot test is a test that measures the presence of ENOX2 protein. The ENOX2 protein is, is something that only cancer cells emit. Healthy cells don't emit that. So if you have a certain level of the ENOX2 protein, then they can determine... 27 different types of cancers just from a single blood test. Now, um, the caveat on that is that the um, the developer of this test died about a year ago, and they're in the process of, uh, you know, changing things over in the lab and, and everything. And, and they actually have come out with a different test uh, called IV gene which has to do with DNA methylation or breakdown and how cancer cells methylate differently than healthy cells. And there's a way to determine if you have um, cancer developing in the body. And uh, when you when you get the results of tests like this, you know, keep in mind, unless you get like an MRI or a PET scan or something like that, you, you know, you may have something that's growing that's maybe just, you know, the size of a, um, you know, the end of your little finger. It may be, you know, very tiny or walnut size or whatever. But, you know, regardless, 
if you know that you have that going on in your body, then it should be a wake up call for you to start changing your habits so that you can reverse it quickly. What do you think about this whole idea that modern medicine has that cancer is a tumor and we just need to cut it, burn it or poison it to death? Is that, is that even an accurate way to think of a cancer? No, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't understand. It's like that thing is separate from your body. What, what allowed the, the cancer to grow? You know, it's the tumor is just the tip of the iceberg. It's the symptom. What has allowed the cancer to grow? Because cancer cannot grow in a healthy body and develop into, you know, very, you know, dangerous disease, so to speak. Um, and so cutting out or burning it or, you know, doing whatever is, is not going to change what, allowed the cancer to grow in the first place. And that's where, you know, doctors are great at crisis care and putting bones together. But when it comes to teaching people how to be well, they just don't have a clue. And this is where, you know, people like you and I step in where, you know, we we educate people and we let them know, you know, you can have a huge impact on your health by the things that you do every single day. I love it. So, you're going to have people start with your seven essentials system. And I really looked through them and feel like that you're, you're nailing it. Like these are all the things that you have to address. You can't just change your diet and be eating this, you know, vegan diet with lots of vegetable juicing and lots of greens and cut out all the sugar and the animal products and ignore the fact that you're angry all the time. And you, you, there's, there's people you have to forgive because that's almost as foundational probably as our diet. So you got your seven essential system. Talk a little bit in detail about your essential number six, which, you know, are some therapeutic plants and substances. Cause I think some of them are, you know, totally non-toxic. They're going to be great preventatives for those of us who've not been diagnosed with breast cancer, but we'd like to, to make sure that nutritionally and supplementally we're doing what we can tell us what you suggest. Well, there's there's really different levels uh, depending where you are on your journey. You know, if you're preventative, I mean, and even if you're on a, on a healing journey, uh, vitamin D. I mean, that's as basic as it gets. And uh, I can't tell you the number of women that come to us and their vitamin Ds are in the 20s or, or teens, and they've never been once asked by their oncologist to, you know, to get their vitamin D levels tested. So vitamin D can decrease your breast cancer risk by 83% is, you know, if you ha- keep it in the optimal range of 80 to 100 NGs per ml. Um, don't guess when it comes to your to your health. I always, always, you know, preach this to people. Make sure that you test to see what you're doing is working. So don't just say, well, I'll just start taking vitamin D. Well, how much do you need? Get a blood test so you know how much you need. Um, iodine is also extremely important for breast health and thyroid health. Women that are on thyroid medication are twice as likely to develop breast cancer than those who are not. Why? Because they're masking the symptom. The thyroid's not healthy, probably because it may be iodine deficient. Your your breasts and your thyroid compete for iodine. You're probably overloaded with bromide, which is... um, you know, a flame retardant that's in everything or electronics or clothing or furniture everywhere, some, you know, processed foods. So just being aware of vitamin D and iodine, those are just, you know, basic. And then you get your trace minerals like selenium and zinc and, and magnesium that if you don't have enough magnesium in your body, that can actually stimulate the growth of cancer. And where you get magnesium and all these trace minerals, well, um, lots of 
you know, green veggies and, and lots of healthy foods. And, you know, I'm listening to your, to your book vibe, you know, the, the fulvic acid and the, the minerals that are, um, that you use those drops that are, you know, really, really good. Yeah. You'll have um, to, you have to give me your address and I'll send you ultimate minerals. It's our best selling product because it's the whole spectrum and it's not, you know, ground up chalks and rock, like most yes, mineral supplements, yes. which is a total no, joke. I, I appreciated that. And when I was listening to your book. I'm there. Oh, I need to get, I need to get that formula. I actually went to your website to look at it and I said, oh, I'm, I'll order it. But, um, and then when you look at the, you know, the different cancer killers that are out there, I mean, there's, there's so many plants that have been des- designed um, to, to really have a huge effect. So for example, bloodroot, bloodroot is, is an herb that literally causes cancer cell death. And it can it can boost your immune system. Um, there's you know medicinal mushrooms that are so amazing, and there's you know more and more products that are coming out now that are a combination of of herbs and and uh, nutrients that have a huge impact. I mean something as simple as um, broccoli sprouts. You know we have a formula called Broccoli Power, and one capsule contains. Uh, I think it's like two cups of, of powdered broccoli sprouts. Yes, fresh is best, but you know if you're on a healing journey and you need those broccoli sprouts because the nutrient in the broccoli sprout called sulforaphane has literally been shown to kill not only cancer cells, but the the breast cancer stem cells, the baby cells that are driving breast cancer that again, the medical profession is not addressing. Yeah, I asked David Wolf several years ago what... The supplement is he's most excited about and but it's <laughs> it's basically sulforaphane and it's mm-hmm. a broccoli extract and mm-hmm. there's uh some good options out there because those crucifers are incredibly powerful and I you know what I'm willing to eat healthy and I get my green smoothies in every day but I just don't love the broccoli so <laughs> you know that's one thing maybe I probably should just you know, take the pill form. I'm always a fan of, of taking the, taking the food form though. We've got to have that foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, you know, all the enzymes and the, you know, the cofactors that go with it, that's always the whole food is always best. But, you know, if you're traveling or if you're on a healing journey and you need to really, you know, give your body that extra dose. Uh, I mean, I love broccoli sprouts, but I'm not going to eat 10 cups of them a day. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I'm really um, so pleased to learn more about your story and what you're out there doing in the world to teach others what you learned on your own path. And so tell everyone where they can learn more about your seven essentials system um, and just so they can follow Dr. V. Well, thank you. So you can go to Breast Cancer Conqueror at C-O-N-Q-U-E-R-O-R.com, breastcancerconqueror.com. And if you want a download of my book, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally, you can just go to breastcancerconqueror.com forward slash free and you'll get, it's a PDF download, but you get to read the book. We're actually working on the second edition of the book right now because so much has changed in the last three years. So looking forward to releasing that hopefully this year. And um, you can also learn more about our online program, Never Fear Breast Cancer Again. It's an online program that will take you step by step. There's over eight hours of videos and uh, a a workbook that is mailed to you and a USB drive. So it's, it's like me, you know, walking you through the process in the privacy of your home. Well, you are just such a wealth of information and I've really 
enjoyed having you and your husband, Brian, as new friends. And so thank you for educating and inspiring us. I'm so glad to have had you on our show today. Thanks so much for having me, Robin. It's been fun. 